Hey guys, it's Robert Gardner with the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. I have my great friend Michael Ortiz on the show today. And Michael, can you tell everybody a little bit about you and where they can find you online, particularly your website, whatever social media links you want to share? Yeah, of course, man. My name is Michael Ortiz. I'm the owner of Massage Customs here in Las Vegas. Uh, you can follow me uh, at Michael Ortiz Jr. on Instagram. Um, you could follow me on at Massage Customs on Instagram as well. Um, I post there most often. Um, so yeah, man, I've been a massage therapist for almost 13 years. Holy crap, going on the 16, 13 years. Yeah. Um, started out on my own. I started out working for one of the chain corporations and then went out on my own and ended up hiring a few therapists. And um, now we have like uh, four, four therapists and two locations. So it's pretty good, going pretty good. Trying to build? Trying to build. Trying to build. I'm actually, I'm actually thinking about starting over. Um, which we can hmm. dive into if you want to in a little bit. But um, I'm thinking about starting over and kind of doing things a little bit different, changing things up on the way that I was doing them before. So, um, hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I know that uh, just the basics, Michael, we don't talk like daily. I know that you hmm. uh, came out recently, correct me if I'm wrong, you came out with a chair massage course for massage therapists. Yes. Um, yeah. It's a it's a course I just put together some some videos and um, because I see I see in the groups that we're in the massage entrepreneurs any other group when somebody mentions you know doing chair massage for marketing um, I see so many therapists comment down below about how it's not an effective use of their marketing time or um, even dollars and I just yeah. think that that's crazy to me because we're so effective with using chair massage to market our business and get clients booked. Um, and so I just thought it was time that, that I just, one, pay attention to what I'm doing to be successful, and then, two, put all that together in a, in a, in a course and and sell that to therapists so that they can be doing the same thing we're doing. I mean, I on average, I'm booking five to six hours every time I do a chair massage event, which yeah. is a great use of my time. I mean, what else can you do that's free in a two hours time span and book five to six out five to six hours of massage. You know what I mean? Um, and it's especially good for therapists who are starting out or don't have a ton of marketing for uh, a ton of money for marketing because you could do this for free. Meeting people and being hands-on. Yeah. I think most times the reason it probably doesn't work and you can, I mean, you, you're more of an expert on this specifically, but you can let me know. I'm assuming most of the therapists, it's not that the chair massage itself isn't so good. It's that they're not setting the client up to book a session and collect information. So it's like the structure for the business around the chair massage is probably what's lacking. Well, I think what, what most therapists do is they look at this as an opportunity to brand and market. And I don't know if they just tell themselves that... Oh, I, just, I got my name out there and I handed out some cards and that's, that's good. That's a good thing. That's all I needed to do to be successful. And I'm like, dude, no, no, I, I ain't got time to waste on, you know, marketing and branding for three hours. I need to book appointments right now. I need to make this, I need to make this time as valuable as possible on the spot. I need to book clients today. And I mean, yeah. a lot of it is just a change in mindset because one, they're not asking 
they're not asking the clients to book on the spot. They're they're hoping, and they're waiting for the client to beg them to give them an appointment. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> you gotta ask, ask your client if they want to schedule a session now. Um, I mean, one of the biggest things I can just give it away is just make an irresistible offer. You know, I offer them, you know, ten, five, ten, fifteen, twenty dollars off to schedule on the spot, now or never. And just that one tip alone is going to help you book appointments. There's a lot more that goes into it, but I mean, that's one of the main things. Nice. Is that the first course that you've developed, Michael? The first? Yeah. It's the first course that I'm selling. I have other courses, but um, a lot of it I keep for my own team for training purposes and things like that. Um, there's not, I don't put all of my content out um, because I honestly, I think it gives us a competitive advantage. So yeah, keeping some stuff for myself and putting other stuff out there for other people. Nice. Well, I mean, it, it gives you a chance to uh, diversify a little bit. I knew that it was the first one that I had seen that you were selling, so it I wasn't is. quite sure if it was the only one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I have another one called Keys to a Good Massage, and like that one, um, I, I did like a, just like a, a, a video course, you know, like a live video, like webinar type of thing, and I, I did a, a few people on there. That one is more like... Uh, it's like a communication course, like how to communicate your way to better massages. And I think it's like, I think with everything that I do, whether it's the chair massage course or the keys to a good massage course, it's like, I'm looking for this, the small, like the 5% that the therapists are missing because most therapists are decent at what they do, but it just seems like these little tiny tweaks make such big results. And that's what, that's what these two courses I've come up with are focused on. So it's not like, you're learning something completely new. I'm just tweaking what you already do to make it more effective. Nice. Just supplementing what the therapists are already engaging with. I know that a lot of therapists try chair massage, but I do see a lot of people kind of complaining about it, saying that they don't think it's an effective you know, marketing tool. No, I was just talking to, uh, I have like one coaching client that I work with, and she was talking about how... Um, She's like, you know, this is something that I'm sure I'm going to get good at one day because when I go to a chair massage event, I don't, I'm not like, I know I'm going to book appointments when I'm there. Like I'm that confident. I'm, I'm booking at least three, four hours while I'm there. Right. And she's like, I'm sure like after a certain amount of time, I'm going to get good at this. And I'm like, no, like this is something that you should be doing. And as soon as you take this course, you should be booking appointments on the spot. Like I've taught this to all my therapists. I take them to an event and they're booking appointments on the spot. I have my one therapist, Maddie, who's been a massage therapist. She graduated in February, started with me in April and she's crushing it. She's crushing it in, in our spa. And then every, we just went and did a chair massage last week or two weeks ago. And she booked five and a half hours on the spot without my help at all. I was doing my own thing. I booked six and a half hours and like she's trying to compete with me a little bit. And, uh, you know, she booked five and a half hours that day by herself after being a therapist for only what, eight months, seven mm -hmm. months. This isn't, this is not difficult to do. When, when you go into a place and do chair massage, are you charging for the chair massage or are you just giving it away? I mean, it depends. 
It depends. And that's going to depend on, that's going to vary how I approach the client as well. Because if somebody's paying me to come into their office, I'm probably not going to be as aggressive in my rebooking because they're paying me for a service, you know, to provide a service. They're not paying me to come pitch all their people, right? But I'm still going to pitch their people, just not as hard, not as aggressive. Um, for what I'm talking about is for going somewhere like to the gym or something like a, like a whole foods or something. And you're giving away like five minutes free, 10 minutes free chair massage. And then you're trying to book people on the spot for marketing. So that's mostly what the course focuses on. Um, I have some other stuff in there, um, about like, I'm going to be adding more things to the course, like how to cold call and get these type of things, cold call businesses, things like that. Um, but mostly what we're focusing on is is the like giving away five minutes free at an event, an expo, a, a, a gym or something like that. Cause Interesting. When, yeah, when you're when you're new, when you when you're not fully booked, you have time. So this is one of the best uses of time you have to grow your business is to go do chair massage on people and get your hands on people. But so you, if you're not fully booked and you don't have money to put into Facebook ads, and I highly recommend Facebook ads and social media and things like that. But when you're not booked, you're broke. So you got a ton of time. But Michael, I can work for a chain spa and they'll take care of it for me and I don't have to do anything. And that's true too. That's true. <laughs> and I mean, that's a, that's a trade-off that you have, you know? It's, it's a lot of work to have your own business to be self-employed. I mean, you have to do everything. You've got to do the sales. And immediately, immediately when you go out on your own, you need to become a salesperson. And Massage Envy does all that for you. They have salespeople up front. And you don't have to do any of the selling, which makes it incredibly easy. And it's also one of the reasons why they have such a huge business. So if you're not doing sales in your own business, you are going to fail. Yeah. The business part was the hardest thing for me to learn. Um, I didn't have as much of a problem with the body work. Um, I had a business problem, and I had to slowly kind of chip away at the issues I was having until I found a fairly successful formula. But I think you, much like myself, I think you continually look at what you're doing and self-reflect to try to improve it and figure out how you can make it better. Always, always reflecting. I mean, even when we're doing, even though I have these courses that I made, I still go to these chair events and see what can I add or what do we need to do differently? Even though I have the keys to a good massage that I train our therapists and when they come on, I'm still asking clients, what is it? What's the reason why you're not rebooking with clients or what, what, what was it about your last therapist that you liked or didn't like? You know, I want to know if there's something that I'm missing that I need to train on because I mean, that. I train my therapist on the objective things that we can control, right? Like there's a lot of what we do that's subjective. The, the, the client doesn't like your, your energy, your personality, you know, the way you talk. Maybe you cuss a little bit. That's all subjective because some people might not care about any of that. They might love your energy, your personality. So I can't really train a lot of that out of you, right? But I can teach you how to find the right pressure, find the right area, you know, listen to your client. Like these are all the main complaints that clients have. This stuff is not. I, when you said most therapists have a business problem, I actually think it's both. 
Because what I don't hear from clients is I don't hear them say, well, my, my therapist wasn't very good at sales. And that's why I don't go back to him anymore. Yeah. What I hear constantly is the pressure was too much. They hurt me or it was too light. I didn't feel any better. Right. I told him I wanted to work on my neck and he spent an hour on my back and saved my neck for last. Right. Like these are the type of things that I hear for the reasons why clients. Well, I told him my lower back was hurting and he worked my lower back, but only for like two minutes. Like this type of stuff is what I hear why clients don't go back. So, yes, I think we have a business and sales problem. But we have a massage problem, too. Therapists are not putting out quality work. They're just not. And there's a, so they're, they're, even if you're not uh, that great, there's always going to be somebody who likes your massage, no matter what. Because I've had terrible massages. But they still, have re- they still have requests. My goal is always to just, I want to minimize the chances as much as possible that somebody's going to dislike my massage. I'm never going to be 100%, but I want to minimize it as much as possible. I want to give myself the best chance possible to make that client happy. And that's what I focus on with my therapist. Do you think um, when we say like a uh, five-minute break, yeah, five-minute break. Hey, y'all. This is Trent Knox, podcast producer for Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. During this ad break, I want to talk and get about the holiday sale that's currently going on. We have 20% off of all digital workbooks and videos if you head over to rgwellness.store slash oh uh rgwellness.store you can check out the holiday sale it's in the top uh menu bar and take advantage of that holiday sale or you can go to bit.ly forward slash rgw holiday sale and take advantage of that 20 percent off back to michael and robert in the studio so, Michael, can you uh, introduce yourself again, just your name, full name, and then tell them where they can find you via the website or social media again? My name is Michael Ortiz, Jr., owner of Massage Customs out here in Las Vegas. You can check me out on Instagram at Michael Ortiz, Jr., um, or our website is massagecustoms.com. You can check us out there as well. So, when we have this conversation about is it business or is it body work, what's the, the issue? You you think it is also a body work issue. Man, I One of the to... things. Good. No, no. So I, I think that the students have the aptitude to be able to deliver good body work. I think part of the conversation. I'd like your opinion on this. Are they having a communication problem with the client? There's a huge communication problem with the client. Huge. I mean, I. I think part of it is, and I talk about this in my course, part of it is they're afraid to look stupid. They're afraid that if they, if they ask the question, it's going to make them seem like they don't know what they're talking about. And so they don't ask the question and therefore they get it wrong. For example, for example, I had a client um, and he told me he had upper back pain, right? And so I'm working on his upper back and I can just tell, you know, when you can tell you're not getting it right, you can tell by the the way they're moving, I don't know, something about their energy, you just know I'm not getting it right. And so instead of just fumbling around and, and continuing the massage, I decided to ask. And I just said, you know, there's a lot of tension up here. Like, what area is it that's bothering you? And he was like, he pointed to this spot right over here on the shoulder. He's like, right here. And it's a spot that I would have never found. I mean, there's really, to me, palpating it, I felt nothing. 
But I put my elbow there, right where he pointed, and he was extremely happy because I got it right. And that's the thing that clients don't, the therapists don't do with their clients because they don't want to look stupid, right? Yeah. And so there's a communication problem. I used to say, I used to say that we had a, it was a 80% business and 20% massage. And I really think it's way more 50-50 now. Um, mm. I don't, I don't think you should have more one than the other. I think if your product isn't good, which is your massage, it doesn't matter what your sales skills are. I don't care how good you are at sales. They're not coming back if you didn't get them results or they didn't feel better or like your massage period. Period. I the other, be the best sales the other portion of this is, a, this is different. It's not just selling of a product. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, one of the things about the communication is, um, and I almost always do this. So let's say the guy does have issues up here, even in just the assessment phase of like going through the verbal intake, I go, Oh, Hey, Michael, you're having a problem where, and you're like back here. And I go, listen, right here. And I'll actually touch the area because I'm already forming a connection and a rapport with the client because so much of the the verbal communication and nonverbal communication isn't just to be able to deliver a good treatment plan for what they're dealing with. It's to be able to try to deeply connect with the clients because uh, one of the reasons I like you so much is I connect with you. I connect with the way you communicate. You know, um, you always say, uh, what did you, what did you say earlier? That's dope. Like, that's dope. If something's good, that's dope. Like I connect with the way you, you phrase things. So a lot of what we do as body workers, even though we are service providers, I think if people like us, they're more likely to come back. They're, they're feeding off of the service, of course, but they're also feeding off of our personality and the sort of connection they have with us and anything I can do to bolster that is usually good for business. Right. Yeah. I mean, of course, dude, like that's our whole process at my place is all about building rapport and trust from the moment they walk into the client interview. You know, when, when you said you actually touch back here, like what you're doing is one, you're showing, you're trying to get it right. Right. Like you're going to find that spot before you even work. So what's the client going to be feeling towards you? They're already going to know you know where it's at before they even get on the table. So they're going to be more relaxed because they trust you. You know what I mean? So before you even got your hands on them, you're already causing them to relax because they're not worried that this massage is going to suck. Which all clients are because they've had terrible massages so many times. (laughs) I, I, I hear this way too much, man. Way too much. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've, I have um, a background in chronic pain, and I've had a problem um, over the years with my infraspinatus on my left shoulder blade, which is a muscle that's in the back. And I would go to massage therapists who know I'm a massage therapist and say, listen, I'm having a problem with infraspinatus, the one on the back of my shoulder blade. You know, can you, can you work on that and help me with it? And they'll literally just use oil and just kind of glide over it and go, okay, thank you so much for the session today. And I'm like, no, (laughs) would you please? (laughs) I wish I could say I was surprised by that. (laughs) But but you know what? It's that type of stuff that makes me think, how does this person have any clients? But guess what, man? They do. 
Like even that therapist has and? a regular because what we, we have there's a yeah. certain subjectiveness about what we do. But mm -hmm. if the if the client likes you and gets along with you, there's a, a social component. I think another comparison would be hairdressers. People, yeah, they go in to get a service to get their hair done. They like maybe the way they do the shampoo. They love the way they style their hair. The other part is, do you like the hairdresser? Do you laugh with them, talk with them, get to know about their family and vice versa and friends? There's the connection. And I always do this because 80% of the massage industry is women. And I ask women um, in my classes, listen, uh, how do you feel when you break up with your hairdresser? And they're like, no, I'd rather get divorced <laughs> because they're like, <laughs> they have such a connection. And I'm like, that's the connection as a massage therapist that you want to have with the clients. It doesn't mean you talk the whole time, but you want to have that connection rapport with the clients that's strong. See, and I'm, I'm going to, we just don't have that type of loyalty, bro. We can't even, if we could get hairstylist loyalty, <laughs> bro. We'd be on another level, my guy. Okay, yeah. like we don't have that kind of loyalty. I wish we did. Look, I got people who won't. They'll 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 starve before they stop doing their hair. <laughs> but it's very visual, and it's part of their maintenance and upkeep. People are very visual. They make decisions based on the fact that I have long hair and you have short hair, so they feel like they have to maintain that and. The way I've seen hairdressing work is it's not just the, the cut, it's the color. Because the color, especially with women, keeps them coming back in to like redo their color and highlights or whatever they're doing. Yeah. But why, why do you think it is that hairstylists have that type of loyalty? I, I, mean, I, I, think, I think it's a combination of almost talk therapy with a service that's similar to massage. I think that's what it is. I think the talk portion is why people are so connected to their hairdressers. I think that's a part of it. But I think, I don't, again, I don't think it works as well one without the other. You know what I mean? Like if that, there, because I've had, I've had, uh, I've known people who, who love their hairstyles. I've been seeing them for years, but the work starts to go down. The quality starts to go down. And eventually they will leave, even though they love that person. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you, the reason they stay with their hairstylist, in my opinion, is because they trust that person. They know that their hair is going to look good every time they go in there, and they're afraid that somebody else is not going to provide the same amount of work. Otherwise, they'd be jumping all over the place. Because who cares? Everybody does hair so great. And I think one of the reasons why people don't get massages more often is because they don't trust that the quality of work is there. It's so difficult to find a good massage therapist out there you know I mean? yeah so i mean occasionally like we put out videos on youtube and various platforms and i'll get somebody to ask me you know do you know anybody in philadelphia do you know anybody in san francisco and occasionally i'll know a therapist maybe in that city i might be able to recommend but sometimes i just don't know i don't i don't live in that city so i don't know who i would recommend you know in philadelphia specifically and that's the thing People are looking for word-of-mouth referrals. Hairdressers, when they hook into a mom, work on the kids, work on the husband, work on their aunt, work on their friends, and they talk, man. Whew, it's, yeah, it's, it's strong. It's strong rapport builder. Yeah. It is. It is. But we got a lot of work to do in our industry, you know. 
And I mean, I see, I see a lot of people complain about how the schools aren't teaching people business. And like, uh, I, I, even, I even went to uh, a, like a round table event at a school here in Vegas and they're, they're asking massage therapists feedback on what they should be training people on. And some of the massage therapists in there are like, Oh, if you guys could like the aromatherapy and stuff like that. And I'm like, after they're all done giving all their suggestions, I'm like, listen, yeah, I can teach the therapist aromatherapy. I don't need you to do that. <laughs> I would much rather prefer that you spend more time focusing on massage, the muscles, anatomy, things like this, and get rid of all that flap and buff stuff because the location, the owner, the trainer at that location can train the therapist how to do hot stones and like you can watch a video. I don't need you to do a hands-on class for hot stones. Like, um, how many hours in in Texas? It's five hundred hours for core curriculum. What is it in Las Vegas? I do not know what we're required. I just know that my school is eight hundred and fifteen. Okay. Uh, yeah, but I'm not. I'm not sure what the state requirement is. To be honest with you. Yeah. Eight hundred fifteen is three hundred more hours. As a continuing education provider, I wish I could get the students to give me three hundred or five hundred hours. Uh, when I talk to the students about, well, no, just give me another five hundred hours. They're like, that's ridiculous, and I'm like, okay, go away. <laughs> like I got, I got stuff to do. <laughs> It's like it, it takes time, especially when it comes to business. I know that when I started, I wasn't particularly interested. I wanted to know how to do the massage and body work. I didn't have a business background at all. I had to supplement later and kind of dig and do research. Yeah, no, dude. I mean, that's how I got started. I started reading books, sales books, business, marketing, you know, anything I can do, anything I can get my hands on revolved around customer service and things like that. And that's honestly when my business started to boom. Um, so it's a, I think it's a combination of doing good work and knowing how to sell and get in market and get your name out there. I don't think you can have one without the other because, again, you're good at marketing. You're going to get people in once, but are they going to come back is, is the question. Yeah. It's, 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 just like, it's just like a freaking circle, man. Like you got to be good at marketing to get the people in. If you're, not good at, if you're not good at marketing, you're not going to get the people in. Then you got to be good at the massage. Because if you're not good at the massage, you're not going to come back. But if you're not good at sales, you're not going to be able to talk them into coming back. You know what I mean? But like, finding, uh, finding massage therapists who are good at both is challenging, in my experience. True. And that's why, like, with even with my programs and the, the, train, the things that I train my therapists in at my place, I try to, to dumb it down so much. Like, I want to be able to teach anybody how to do what we do like i don't like that's for, the, for that reason I, I have all of our scripts are low pressure you know what i mean they're not high pressure sales techniques they're very low pressure because i want and i want anybody to be able to do it one of my other therapists who's really good at rebooking people and she stays busy constantly i try to like hey tell me what you do right so we can see if we can fit that in somewhere and she told me what she did so i was like we're not gonna be able to teach people how to do that i'm like i can't even <laughs> <laughs> the way she does her rebooking and talks to people, I can't do that. Like it's so uncomfortable for me to take adopt her her style. Cause she'll go in right after she's done with the massage and she'll do the whole pitch while they're on the table before they even get dressed. I'm like, I can't do that. I gotta get out of there. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that, that happened was when I started reframing 
the business and what was going on as I primarily work on chronic pain. When I would do the thing where I, I touch and go, listen, you're having a problem up here. Nine times out of 10, I could usually tell them based on the symptoms they were giving me. Listen, this is what I think is going to happen to your pain. Tense hospital, zero is no pain. They're coming in at six. My goal is to hopefully get you to a four in this session. If we're lucky, you might go a little bit lower. So I'm giving them reasonable expectations. If I can do that in one session, I think you're having this pain chronically. It sounds like it's just soft tissue. doesn't sound like you have any other medical issues that are com- this is coming from. I think if I saw you once every two weeks for two more sessions, we could probably make it drop lower to like a three or a two. You know, and they're like, oh, okay. And then, and then I do the session and then afterwards sort of revisit that and go, listen, would you like to go ahead and book that session now? And they're like, oh, yeah, no, I'd love to. And it was like, oh, wow. It was, it was so much easier when I did it from the beginning, yes. like when you sort of set it up. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing because you're resetting their expectations because a lot of people come in thinking that massage is one and done. It's an event, you know what I mean? One and done, and it's supposed to get rid of all your pain, and if it didn't, then it wasn't effective. And that's one of the things we need to do. Quick break. Okay, hey, it's Trent Knox, podcast producer for the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. First off, I wanted to say hello to Jackie Tiano Cardinalius. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce that, but she said to Robert and Michael, hi, I need to learn how to stick to my rates. So after that, let's 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 comment on that. Uh, so once again, we're having a, a holiday sale, 20% off of all digital workbooks and videos. If you head on over to rgwellness.store and you go to the holiday sale tab you can take advantage of that 20% off or you can go to bit.ly backslash or forward slash sorry uh rgw holiday sale and take advantage of that 20% off back to robert and michael in the studio hey it's robert gardner again with michael ortiz michael can you give them your website and contact information again it's Michael Ortiz Jr. from Massage Customs here in Las Vegas. You can follow me on Instagram at Michael Ortiz Jr. Um, or check out our website at massagecustoms.com. So, Michael, what we were saying when we uh, when we ended, let me, and let then me re- we'll go- reiterate the question um, again. Yeah. So, hi, uh, Jackie says hi. I need to learn how to stick to my rate. So, maybe some information on how to stick to the rate. All right. Can we come back to that real quick? Yeah, absolutely. So we were saying that one of the things we need to do is just reframe from the beginning that this isn't going to be a one-time thing. That it's going to take multiple sessions in order to fix this problem or to create long-term results. That's a huge issue for people is they're not resetting client expectations. That's all I want to say about that. Yeah. And then when it, when it comes to price, how do you deal with that at your facility and with your sessions, Michael? Uh, it sounded like, I'm not sure if this is the question, but it sounded like there was some haggling going on. Do people ever try to argue with you about prices or the fees you charge? Um, I would say on occasion. I mean, the best way that I know how to be able to stick to your price firmly is to be busy. Because yep. then you have then you have walk away power. And I don't have to, like, if you're not busy, like, the way I think about it is, like, when a hotel isn't busy. Right? They have a limited number of rooms. They have a limited number of space that they need to fill. When they're not busy, the rates go down 
because they need because they're losing money when those time when those rooms are not filled. We're losing money when those time slots aren't filled. So, you know, if I'm if I'm still building my clientele, my price might be negotiable a little bit. You know, unless yeah. I've got people, unless my marketing is so good that I got a constant flow of people coming in, then I'm probably desperate. You know. If I'm not desperate, then I'm just going to walk away. Like it's, you know, it's 70, it's 80 bucks an hour. Did, did you want to do, do you, it or not? Do you sell packages at your facility? Yes. Are the packages discounted at all? Yes. Yeah. So what I would usually tell therapists, if they're in my class, I'm dealing with therapists, is I would say, okay, let's say, uh, I think it was Angela, let's say she charges 80 an hour. Yeah. The client is asking for a discount. What I would do is like, I try to, go back and forth with the client as a power dynamic and say, listen, um, I'd be happy to extend you a discount. Why don't we sell you a package of four sessions for $60 each? You're saving $80 on those four sessions. She might be willing to take that price difference, but she's also getting a regular client at that rate. Once they've got those four sessions, are they going to keep coming back? So in all likelihood, if they like that little bit of a discount, if that's a little bit of a treat for them, then I can see, you know, that exchange because, yeah, you're giving them, you know, a, a discount, but you're still getting a regular client, which is more important, I think, for therapists, especially when they're getting started. On top of that, you have the guarantee. You have the guarantee that you're going to get this money because you have it already. You know what I mean? Like, that's what, that's what people pay. Um, that's what you discount for. You discount for guarantees, you know? So, I mean, you might discount to get people in as a first time client. Uh, I, I wish I had a little bit more context with what this girl's asking. Um, yeah. but uh, no packages is a great way to be able, like if, if my, if my hour is 80 bucks and she's like, well, I want to give you 60. Can you take 60? Then exactly. You might say, absolutely. If you buy six hours up front, I'll do $60 each. Therapist. Therapist thinks I'm think I'm crazy because I send clients away. Um, I had someone contact me recently. I posted this on Massage Entrepreneurs. They were looking for like a 90-minute kind of full-body time massage. And I said, hey, my sessions are three hours long. Um, I primarily work on chronic pain. And they're like, huh? They're like, you don't even do – I'm like, yeah, I'll do 90 minutes, but that's only abdominal work. And they're like, oh. Well, you know, that's not what I'm looking for. And I go, oh, okay, yeah, if you need any help finding another therapist, let me know. I'll be happy to help you. It's about positioning yourself and drawing the right clients. When I find a client who can afford $240 a session for three hours, they come back regularly. The positioning is like you're offering something they can't get anywhere else. You're helping people with a specific issue, which is chronic pain. I have to deliver because if I don't help them with pain, they're certainly not coming back. But when I deliver, their Google and Facebook reviews sound like medical reviews. They sound like I was in pain and dying, and then this guy helped me. I can't believe it. It's amazing. So that fed the business. I think a lot of it is how you package and present yourself, even online, through your website, we understand that there's a difference between a Honda and a Ferrari. And from a positioning standpoint, do Ferrari dealers give a discount? No. I mean, I don't people think I've never been on a want. Ferrari lot. 
So. Exactly. Me neither. But people want to pay more because there's a sense of prestige out of paying more. I think what therapists have to do is they have to slowly push themselves up towards that kind of marketing. Ferrari dealers aren't trying to find everyone because not everybody can even afford a Ferrari. They're just trying to find the people who can and target that market. Correct. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's for us, you know, like it's, it's, it's a nice thing to say, but harder to do. You know, like it's not, it's not an easy thing to do. You're in a position right now where you can turn people away. A lot of therapists who are trying to start their own business are not, you know? And so how do you get there? It's a question because you didn't start there either. I'm sure when you first started, you weren't turning yeah. people away for 90 minute massages when they, when you only do three hours, right? You're taking the appointment when you first started, but you built up to the point where you, you were able to be busy enough or bringing in enough income that now you can do what you want instead of what everybody else wants from you. You know, yeah. so I hear a lot, a lot of therapists give this type of advice, but they're only giving the piece where they're at now. And we need to, we need to get back to giving the piece to how we got there. Every time I hear a therapist who says, I don't discount my services. They also say, well, I used to, but now I don't. And so many people yeah leave out the oh i used to how did i get to the point where i was able to not discount my services i discounted yes, the crap out of my services in the beginning yeah. to get busy enough to get there absolutely right? I, I had problems i had problems raising my rates fast enough to keep up with demand because of how low i started at that right. was my problem i started too low Bro, so get massage envy right now I just looked at one of their ads in, in one of the coupon books. Their introductory hour is $65. Yeah. It used to be $45, $39, and it's $65 now. They didn't start at $65. They're, they're, they're getting $100 for a non-member hour, $100, $105 for a one-hour massage. That's their non-member rates. There yep. are people paying that. Most of the people are going to be on packages and, and – uh, and the recurring monthly massages, yeah. but they didn't well, get there because they, you know, did a ton of marketing in the beginning. Like, yes, they did. It was, what I mean is they didn't start at those high prices. They built yeah. up, grew a huge business, and then raised their prices incrementally. When therapists are asking about, and it sounded like a haggle situation, you know, I charge right now 240 a session. I'll just use that as an example. So it's $80 an hour. If I worked with someone and they said, well, can you work with me on the price? I'm like, okay, what, you know, what makes it workable for you? And they say, uh, I could do 60, you know, let's say I was doing an hour just to make it simpler. Right. I go, okay, listen, I'll be happy to give you this session at 60. Let's do the following. If I'm able to help you with this, this is the back and forth. If I'm able to help you significantly in one hour with this problem you're having with upper back pain, would you be willing to write a Google review for me? And they're like, oh, sure. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, and I'm like, cool. Okay. Exactly. Because there's a trade-off. There's a trade-off. And the thing is, just giving a discount with no trade-off doesn't really benefit the therapist. It just means you're losing money per hour. So, I mean, that's, and that's a great example of something that, that I've done in the past as well is I'll, I'll do trade-offs where let me video the session. I'll give you a deal, you know? 
because I mean, I feel with my regular clients, I feel like maybe it's just me, but I'm like, I feel like I have to do that. If I'm going to be videoing, I got to give you something because I'm going to be using the crap out of these videos. Um, but uh, another strategy would be to go down in offering, right? So if she wants an hour, your regular price is 80 and she wants it for 60, you could say, why don't we just do 40? If price is the only issue, let's do 40. We'll just do a half hour. You know, since you can afford 60, you could afford 40. You want to just do 30 minutes. We do spot work. A lot of times, I mean, she might take it or she might realize that that's not really the solution to her problem. And she really needs the hour. But you didn't discount your rate. You just went down an offering is one thing that you could do. Yeah, it's the exchange. Um, I always try to explain to therapists that when it comes to finance, it's got to work for their pocketbook and it's got to work for their heart. If they feel taken advantage of when they're giving the session, it's too low. They're giving too much of a discount. If you feel drained working on that person, it's not the way to go. A lot of therapists will tell me when I talk to them consistently over time, they, they get to a point, they don't really want to do 30 minutes. They like an hour. But what they like more than an hour is an hour and a half. And I'm like, so why don't you get rid of the hour and 30-minute session? And they're like, oh, that's crazy to them. They just can't imagine you know, not having an hour session. And I'm like, if you don't like hours and you think you need 90 minutes to address chronic pain or the relaxing, relaxation level the client needs, why not just continue offering what you want to offer? And a lot of people are, a lot of people do that and have great success, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but there's a, there's a ton of different strategies that people could do when it comes around pricing. Like, my, my thing is, is one, how bad do you need the money? Because if I need the money real bad, then I'm willing to put up with more bull crap. You know, I'm willing to put up with somebody who's just a deal shopper because I need to pay my bills. So it really depends on where you're at to whether or not I, what I will take. Right. Like I have, I have deal shoppers that I fire because are like, I don't need you anymore. And I don't mean to sound rude when I say that, but. I'm not hurting. I can replace you with somebody who's not constantly asking me for discounts all the time. Yeah. Right. Because that's why I'm at in my business. So I raised fees and, and the thing that absolutely blew me away is I'm, I'm charging 240 a session. Now it's not uncommon that somebody pays me 300 for a session. That $60 tip is more than I made per hour working for someone else. And that was the tip. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's the thing. When you're working for yourself, you have, you could do whatever you want. Right? There is not just one way to be successful. You know? You, you do three-hour sessions. The other guy you talked to a long time ago only does half-hour sessions. You know? You don't take 90-minute massages. I do. Or or. You don't you don't do ninety minute time massages. I do ninety minute time massages. You know, so oh, even the thought of doing ninety minutes is like what? <laughs> it's so fast, bro. It's so fast. <laughs> but you know what, man? I'm not trying to turn away the business. You know, I prefer to do oh, two, sure. two, two and a half hours. You know, somebody wants an hour time massage. I don't want to do that, but I'm gonna do it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. But I just tell them up front, I'm like we're gonna be able to get to your legs. 
Well, I, I cut my teeth in a chiropractor's office um, over five years. It was the last job I had before I was completely solo. And I became a very, very good, for the first time, like all the pieces, the business, the marketing, the bodywork all came together. And I became, I became very good. I mean, I was just blowing it out of the water session after session in like 30 minutes. Like, I got back pain. You got 30? Come here. I mean, just decimated. It was, it was uh, glorious. Um, I had an, an amazing rebook rate. You know, the, 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 the owner pretty much like backed off and just let me do whatever I wanted because it was good for her business as well. So I think there's a lot of pieces. It's even, um, you know, not just being um, and, uh, self-employed, it's also working for someone else. I mean, Michael, I can, I'm going to make a guess here. If I worked for you and my rebook rate was high and clients were happy with my service and I show up on time and before I leave each day, I go, Michael, can I help you with anything? I'm more likely to get a raise <laughs> when I don't hassle you. You're a business owner. You're busy. I think also in addition to being self-employed, the therapists aren't thinking about how they can help the owner and how they can put themselves in a position to win even within someone else's establishment. Quick break. Well, while these two sex symbols are having fun in the studio, let's get to the ad here. Uh, Robert is currently giving away one free month to the Reboot Insiders Club. If you want to take advantage of that 30-day free trial of the Reboot Insiders Club, go to rgwellness.store slash free trial and get access to over 400 hours of core materials, video, uh, workbooks, or work work slides, I should say, and uh, and and activities to perform. Go on over to rgwellness.store slash free trial and take advantage of that free trial. Okay, back to Robert and Michael in the studio. Hey, Michael, can you let them know where they can contact you again before we jump back into it? Yo, yo it's Michael Ortiz Jr. from Massage Customs out here in Vegas. Follow me at Michael Ortiz Jr. on Instagram. Um, or at Massage Customs on Instagram. Check me out at MassageCustoms.com. Nice. So continue what you were about to say. So when, you, when we left off, you said people being successful in somebody else's business. And that's what I want to touch on because <laughs> so many therapists think that they should go out on their own when they're not being successful where they're at. Like, 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 because the, the the idea of going out on your own sounds so good, but if you're not winning where you're at, how do you expect to win out on your own? Like you have, first off, if you're rebooking, you're, I don't care where you're at, Massage Envy, Massage Heights, any of these, these chain spas, a local spa, your first goal should be to be successful there. Because then you have a proven track record, you start to get some confidence behind you. You want to go out on your own, but you're you're not busy when somebody else is doing all the marketing and the sales for you. Can you imagine how incredibly difficult it's going to be when you have to not only try to rebook people on your own, which you're not doing successfully where you're at now, but then you got to do all the sales and all the marketing and put money into all that as well? As you have a huge opportunity to be able to hone your skill and hone your talent, hone your business skills. That's exactly what I did when I was at one of the chain spas. That was my focus. Like, let me get great here so that I can start. Because that, 
I have an analogy for this, okay? Just, <laughs> I have an analogy for this. I, I was actually, I was driving down the street, right? And I see a guy holding a sign. And I've told the story many times. I see, you know, those sign holders? It's like Little Caesars that way. Dude, he was crushing it, okay? Like, <laughs> my guy was out there like, oh, you know, like Little Caesars. Like, he, he seemed like he loved Little Caesars, bro, Okay. Same same day, different street. This is a true story. I see a guy holding a sign, and he's got the sign down by his feet. He's sitting down on a, a crate, texting on his phone. His face looks – he's got a look on his face like, I deserve better than this. This is below me, right? And I thought to myself, I said, I said, self, what makes him think he deserves better than this when he's not even doing his best right now, right? Like – and that's how so many massage therapists think. They think that they're at these chain spas. They're not making a bunch of money. That this is below them. They went to school for a whole year. Oh, my gosh. A year of school for $15,000. <laughs> they should be making $85,000 a year. Ooh. Ooh. But, they, but they have a terrible attitude where they're at. They think that job is below them. They're not having success there, and their attitude sucks. But they want to get. They want a better opportunity to come along. Do you know who the oppor- Do you know who was there next week and who wasn't at those sign holding stations? I'll tell you, the guy who was crushing it with the little seasons was gone. I, mean, I even thought to myself, man, if I had a position for that guy, I would freaking hire him right now. <laughs> I don't care what it is. Anybody who could do that job, that sucks. Nobody wants to hold a sign, and he's crushing it, right? Like. Nobody wants to work at these chain spas, but you have to crush it if you want a better opportunity to come along. It's never going to happen if you're not crushing it at that location. Ever. If you break the two pieces and you say it's body work and business, I think to be successful on your own, you have to learn both. But if you're in somebody else's facility and they're taking care of the business, well, start with the body work, hone your chops. Maybe you just got out of school, you're new. Improve this and then watch the business owner. Talk to the business owner. Ask questions. Ask about how to improve rebook rate. Ask, like, you know, and again, like if I was your employee and I'm asking questions to you as the employer, hey, Michael, what can I do to make our business better? Can I can I j- jump in here real quick, Robert? Uh, yeah. Let me phrase this in like a different way, maybe uh, for a millennial audience. How do you guys treat daddy issues? How, because you guys are the symbol for for daddy issues in massage, and it seems like what you're trying to do is raise someone and teach them responsibility. You have to educate them on how to live their lives. <laughs> daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> I think the way they get educated is they just let life beat them up for a while until they figure it out. <laughs> well, do people think- learn, and this is a discussion, Michael, do people learn from when good things happen or when bad things happen? Positives or negatives? I mean, I think it's both, but but I mean, it depends on how bad it hurts because some people seem to like making the same <laughs> same mistake over and over again and that's me included it's gotta hurt bad for me to learn bro i I think people learn from negatives i think when you can't pay your rent and you know the stress is high you have a vested interest in creating a situation where that doesn't happen again whereas when you're it's a fluke and you come into a bunch of money or whatever 
like you win the lottery. What do you learn about managing money? You, no, you just won the lottery. Like your money management skills are horrible. You just came into a windfall. Most people who win the lottery wind up losing all of that money because they didn't have to build it incrementally and learn money management skills. Well, to me, to me, money is is spiritual, right? Like it's, it's money is like an energy, right? And I, and I don't I don't normally talk like this, but but it's true, right? Like I had to become good with the money that I had. It's just like responsibility. Once you when you're responsible with what you have, more is given to you to manage. Right, whether that's at work, it's it's a universal principle, right? Like if it's Trent, right, who does the podcast with you, if he does really well with his podcast, you're going to give him more stuff to do. He's going to raise his income, right? But if he sucked, then he's, <laughs> then he's not going to be given more to manage, right? He's going to he's going to you're, you're going to take away that income, and he's going to get fired, right? And it's the yeah. same with with your income. If you want to make more money. First, you got to get good with the money that you have. If you're spending irresponsibly, constantly, you're constantly broke, in debt, living paycheck to paycheck, overspending, spending beyond your means, dude, you're not going to get more money. Even, even if you do get more money, like when you win the lottery, you're going to be broke again because you never learned how to manage what you had in the first place. So it doesn't really matter. A lot of people, they think they have an income problem. They got a spending problem. But you've got to handle the spending problem first before you can before an income will even affect your life in a positive way. My mom, and I'm gonna my mom is terrible with money. She got a ton of money that came to her. You thought it was a life-changing amount of money. What happened two years later? She's broke again. It's so hard to watch that she never became good with money. Like there's nothing more that I want for her. Is to become good with her money, but I'm her son. She ain't gonna listen to me. You know what I mean? Like she, your yeah. parents don't want to hear nothing from you. Uh, but, no, no, no. So I'm gonna watch it happen. But, but you have first. You gotta get good with what you have, and be good where you are before you're gonna be given more money or a better opportunity. And when you are good, I'm telling you, when I was at the chain spa, the people who were crushing it at the front desk, as far as personality. You know, their attitude, their energy, their sales. People would come in, they would steal them and for a better opportunity. The people who sucked, who had a bad attitude, who didn't have great customer service, they were there forever. <laughs> now, I worked, I worked for myself for a reason. I got fired from a lot of jobs. And it was painful at the time, but I learned a lot about myself and what my skills were by figuring out what I couldn't do. <laughs> I am unhireable now, okay? My ego, my ego is so big, I couldn't, nobody would want to hire me right now. <laughs> it, it's been interesting to go from body worker, more focused on business now. And then looking at bigger, like brand building and entrepreneurship and, and to see the trajectory where I could essentially, you know, function as a sort of consultant at this point, where it was really just a, the school of hard knocks. It was like you had to just grind it out layer after layer after layer to try to figure it out. And half the time, even now, it's not really the way you think it is. 
so you, you have to question how you you're you're like it's a mindset right you have to question how it actually is and it was always like okay what's the goal like how do we get from point a to point b all right how do we get from point a to point b how do we do it again and again and again and that process is very difficult to explain when somebody else is at a different level that's higher than you or or lower when you say level well, I think it's easier for us to talk to fledgling massage therapists about how to do this um, and build. It would be more challenging for like Eric Dalton to try to explain to us potentially what are the pitfalls of being at the top of the CE you know, educational game or uh, talking with school owners who have like a different level of like regulatory and paperwork stuff than we do. Yeah, but he could talk about how he got there, though. Sure which would be super beneficial. I wish you would. All right. So, Michael, listen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Uh, where can people pick up your course for chair massage? Look, I don't have a website for it. If they just DM me on Instagram at Michael Ortiz Jr., currently I'm just sending out invoices for it, and then I send them the link for the course that they can have. Um, we're working on getting an actual website where they can go and purchase it on the website. Um, that should be up soon. But for now, just DM me on Instagram at Michael Ortiz Jr. or find me on Facebook, Michael Ortiz. But there's a ton of us. Michael Ortiz is out there. So good <laughs> luck on Facebook. <laughs> and the website is that it's massagecustoms.com. Yeah, that's my that's my business website. Cool. Yeah, Michael, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, if you have additional ideas in the future about things you want to discuss, we'd be happy to have you back and continue this sort of conversation. It was a pleasure chatting with you again. Always a pleasure, man. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, you have a good day.